everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Kaiser Bender and Baum Retail Adventures Podcast. I am your host, well, one of your hosts, Jason Baum, the Baum in Kaiser Bender and Baum. And with me, as always, George Ann Bender and Rich Kaiser, the Kaiser and Bender of Kaiser Bender and Baum. Hey, Jason, how are you doing go. today? I'm doing good. I remember to uh, actually introduce you guys this time <laughs> and didn't just start rambling. It's good to remember that. You know, oh, that off to here. a good start. So, oh, if we hear a lot, well, if we hear a lot of noise, Jason, it's the back end of your house. It's just blown away. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, hopefully the insurance adjusters aren't listening, but you know, I could use a, an upstairs addition. But I think uh, if I lose power, it is because I we are in the middle of like a hurricane here. I guess a tropical storm, but we're in New Jersey, so everything if it's like more than like twenty miles per hour, it's a hurricane. So. We're not used to this. No, it's an actual. It's an actual hurricane. My sister's on the beach somewhere, so just <laughs> take. We care have of a yourself. tornado warning, so I might just run downstairs at some point. <laughs> yeah. Just fix the equipment up. We We're in Illinois. We get that. So we have a cool guest today. We have Rachel K. Albers, a digital strategist and a business comedian. She's the founder and creative director of RKA Inc a branding, web design, and digital marketing studio based outside of Chicago. Rachel helps thought leaders and visionary entrepreneurs all over the world stand out online without selling their soul or playing the manipulation game. When she's not crafting epic, unforgettable brands for her clients, Rachel hosts Awkward Marketing, a business comedy show blending fun-sized business advice with storytelling, storytelling and sketch comedy. I want you to think of her as a one-woman Saturday Night Live for business TV, for real. I'm talking Carrie Bradshaw, Saved by the Bell, cast, Friends, Leave it to Beaver, Santa, my favorite, the chick from Theranos, <laughs> her mom, Brad the Braggy Bro, who's the type of marketer who wants you to know he went from sleeping in his car to, to the Hollywood Hills overnight because of the seven secrets of seven-figure success. Yours now, but the car closes in just five minutes. <laughs> He Read thinks on. hard work is for suckers, which is what you're going to work a week, and you can too. Buy it now. So we met and bonded online, and I have to say everything she does cracks me up, but she also is a pro at everything she talks about. So Rachel, welcome. Well, how about that introduction? Can <laughs> no you just kidding. follow me around? Just come along with me as I do my life. Let's just, let's take this show on the road. Your mom's well, we are all looking. Months. We're all looking for jobs, Rachel. Right. So you know, you throw it out there. We might take it. That's right. Well, the, well, so, the cool thing about you know what, George, we were sitting in here in the office and we were looking at your website and, and some of the examples and uh, and we were howling. But while I was howling, I was thinking to myself, "Whoa, there's a lesson here," and the lesson is. You can change the paradigm about your business, which is critically important, especially in, a, in an environment like we have today. But it's serious, but yet it's fun. And the message is really cool without being a jerk. And uh, I, I, I immediately, I, I, that's when I really got excited. We got to have you. We just got to have you today. Yeah, so we, will include you. A, we will include a link on here to Rachel's website and to Awkward Marketing. Yes. So you guys can check it. You guys can check it out too. And we're doing this. We're doing this video and we're doing it as a podcast. So you get a choice. Yeah. So, um, oh, right. The other thing Rich said right away, Rachel was, we got to have her do our website. And I said, get a part-time job. I immediately said, can we work with her tonight? Yeah. Get a part-time job, honey. <laughs> work over the retirement. So Jason, what, what's happening in the world right now? Besides what, a hurricane. In what's happening is this hurricane. And I, I am like so stressed. Uh, no, there's a lot going on besides a hurricane because it's 2020. So I think murder hornets are back and uh, all this stuff. So, but most importantly in the United States with coronavirus, um, and, uh, it just doesn't seem to end. Lord and Taylor declared bankruptcy this week. Um, just heard this morning, Men's Warehouse, the company that owns Men's Warehouse, uh, is declaring bankruptcy. New York City is going to lose one third of their small business sector, um, which is killing me. That's crazy, killing me. crazy. Yeah. Um, 
That's it's big. tough. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Where do you begin with all that, right? I mean, it's uh, unbelievable. It's it's unfathomable. Um, you just got to write it out. My my daughter this week bought all the materials to homeschool her son. Now he's going to be in kindergarten, but mm-hmm. I got to tell you what, if I had had to homeschool my they would have they would have gotten master's degrees in Oprah and whatever else was whatever else was on that week, but they wouldn't be able to read. Well, my my daughter is going through her doc. She's going for her doctorate in Frozen, and she's only two. So (laughs) I'm right there with you. He's a prodigy. What can I say? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what's what's unfortunate about all those stores going is it's no no fault of theirs. I mean, it's just a very sad Mm -hmm. uh, hand of cards that they were dealt in this deal. And you know what? To come out of it. And then to close it, to come out of it, and then to close it again, it's just plain wreaking havoc with inventory control and the ability to control their business. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It's not a surprise. If you are not gold today, you're going to have a hard time. And that's everybody. I mean, look at big retailers and small, big restaurants and small. It doesn't matter. No one is exempt. Yeah. Yeah. And no every is state exempt. is kind of handling it on. Um, however they think it's best. And that's been obviously leading this country down a dark road, um, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of opinions on this stuff. I'm sure we all do. Last week, I voiced them. But, you know, we're, I think we're heading into a potential bigger crisis than we have now, because it's like, hey, let's open schools. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is just exploding in cases. And you just heard about this, like, camp in Georgia, um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but they... Yeah, I heard that. Um, it's so like almost 70%, 65%, something like that of the camp tested positive. Um, it's just, I think we're we're making too many assumptions too early in the crisis to say, oh yeah, no, well, kids, don't, kids don't pass it. Okay. And then we're now, over it. Yeah, we're over That's it. That's the problem. We're over well, it, but it's not over. It's like we're being gaslit by by advertising and by our own government mm-hmm. to to tell us not to take this seriously, but also to take it seriously enough to possibly put you know postpone an election. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Like we're getting mixed <laughs> messages, don't you think? But criticize that's another wishful. country when that's they wishful, postpone that's theirs. Thinking. <laughs> you know, I heard about a school that opened last week, even though that seemed a lot really early. Maybe this is this is information I should have fact checked. So I heard this and I don't know if it's true, but that a kid tested positive already. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it was in the you know, like yeah. first day. Yeah. They were they were the open for day. two days. Uh on the second day, the principal uh sent out a letter that they already had uh it was a teacher had tested positive initially and then a student and they had to close after two days of being open and that's just going to be i think that's going to be a lot of play we're opening things and we're not ready to open and that's a recipe for disaster well look at the marlins look at the marlins they they're like 19 people on their team had covid and they didn't play any they didn't tell anybody and they played mm-hmm. anyway and there's the no cardinals, responsibility yeah now the cardinals have yeah. 17 people i i wore this hat purposely this was intentional because i'm always making some kind of political statement but you know i think baseball as much as i love baseball and i've worn this hat i think to most of our podcasts um this time it like it it hurts me because it's like we haven't earned sports you know sports is a fun just for kicks kind of thing. It's entertainment. And we haven't earned it in this country, in my opinion. You know, we have let a virus basically kill our economy, ruin the opportunity for our children to have an education. It's just, and we've done it to ourselves. And, and I don't mean the collective. Well, like, I, I think though. the know like have we done it to ourselves because i would say it's interesting what's going on with misinformation in the united states of america and what has happened with this pandemic is an example of the power of branding Mm -hmm. because this virus got branded by the leadership in the country before it even really started taking its toll and from that and then they just kept reinforcing forcing that right and the country did get divided half Mm -hmm. like looks like half-ish of the country is like this is bullshit right And then the other half of the company country is is taking that leadership, and you know, human beings uh, we we crave simplicity. Our brains, 
you know, anytime something that can be simplified for us, we do. So we look to leaders to simplify what information to trust, right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing right. with companies. We look to those companies too, like for better or worse. And that's what I, so I feel like, can we really blame it? Do, is it about whether the American people deserve this or not? I mean, well, I, I think when I say we, I mean the collective, the country itself. And I look at the leadership yeah. and that's my view of the we, uh, uh, when yeah. I say that, because countries like South Korea have baseball, but South Korea as a country did a great job flattening the curve, flattening it early. Yeah. I live in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm right next to New York. I can honestly say for the most part, we're killing it. You know, you know, there's a, a rise right Not now. Not anymore. Jersey's making a comeback. Yeah, that's a few house parties, but they already they already flattened that. And you know what? New Jersey took away indoor gatherings again. So it's like immediate response. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is like, Baseball. we're going up like crazy. Let's open schools here. Makes no sense. This is, this is like this is every business person will understand this. This is a story about a department store. The department store has fifty departments in this store. It's a big store. But they come to a point where business is crashing and the store manager says to the 50 department heads, do what you got to do. So one part of the department store picks up business. Another part of the store, it's run by some nut who says, we don't have to do it this way. Let's do it another way. And they start to fail. The failure gets run into the successful people and they say, we're having a problem. You're going to have to slow down, do what we're supposed to do. But what you got is 50 bosses running that department store. And that's what we have in this nation. We have 50 states that are interpreting their own. I, I, you know what I really believe? I really believe that we need one person that's going to just stand up and say, here's what you're going to do. That's it. This is what you're going to do. We're not going to open up I mean, the schools. If, if, if only we had a federal government. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, okay. If only there was federal well, leadership. We, no, no, we no, do no. have a person. We yeah, do have a person yeah. standing and telling us what to do. It's just the wrong thing. The it's person is telling us to go back to work, to tell right. us to go back to school, to not wear masks, to go it's, and protest our governors. So we do have that leadership. It's just they're not guiding us the way they. Do. Well, here's what I think it takes. I think it takes up a lot of people in in Washington need to take off the diapers and come to the big boys party and solve it. And that's what it is. So you know what? If you're going to wear diapers, we're going to have a mess everywhere. Yeah, I mean that, and that trickles down to everything. Like the other thing Literally. I was going to talk about was the, um, you know, Senate still hasn't decided on what to do with this uh, Heroes Act. Um, well, let's and, hope they decide what to do before they go on vacation at the end of the week. I don't think she's gonna. Okay. I don't think they're gonna let them go on vacation. Good. Okay. All right, so, I'm gonna segue. I'm gonna segue. I'm gonna segue roughly into what we're here to talk about. Because <laughs> we could go on this forever. Sometimes I drive the plane and we lift off. Sometimes I drive the plane and we come to a crash. <laughs> well, coast the plane for a minute. Yeah. We have we have Rachel here on it. Do you like to be called Rachel or do you like to be called RKA? I like it all. You know what? You know, just don't call me late for dinner. You okay. know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So How you did talk you start? a lot. How did you start what you do? What was the trigger? Um, well, the trigger was, was actually kind of a strange one. Is I was in law school. I went to law school and I got an internship in Southern Mexico working with young women. And this was in 2008. And I went down to Mexico and realized in that time, I didn't want to be a lawyer. This wasn't what I was meant to do. And I was, you know, really enjoying this nonprofit work with young women and girls, which happened to also use the theater, which is what my undergrad degree was in. So I have a background in theater. I go to law school. I end up in Mexico doing human rights work and theater together. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is what I want to be doing. And I go back to law school and I start having these panic attacks. And this is kind of, you're going to be like, where is this going, right? Where is TLDR too long to read? Like, you know, I'll, let me get to the chase here. Um, I come back and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having panic attacks and anxiety in law school. And where I realize, all right, I'm going to dip out of law school. I moved down to Mexico to do this nonprofit work. I started my business because I have, I had studied marketing. I had a background in coding. I had a background in, you know, creative and, and really the goal of the business that I run, which at this point is a, a design and branding agency, marketing agency, um, was to fund this work that I was doing overseas, that I was doing in Mexico, right? 
And over time it has evolved. Now this is 11 years later since I started the business and now I'm back in the States and so many things have changed. But when you ask me why and how and the seed, that was the seed. You know, a lot of people like they do this thing where they move out of the country because that like that was their, they quit their job to do the dream. And that wasn't really the dream. I kind of like fell into it and stumbled into it and was just like, all right, how do I stay doing this work? I have to start a business to pay the bills overseas, you know? So that was, that was that. Well, you did a remarkable thing. You're always, you're always talking about binge worthy content versus going viral. I also, I don't know if I told you guys, Rachel also does this class on how to create your own gifts. And she is now, it's hysterical now because she's, she's created all these gifts. And um, every once in a while, someone will put one in there in their Facebook post or their Instagram post. And I'm immediately going, I know her. (laughs) Including speaking of current events. Yeah. Including speaking of current events, uh, Trump's lawyer tweeted my gif or gif, depending on how you like to pronounce it. How do you say it? I say gif, even though that's technically mispronounced. It's not the right way, but you know what? I do. I I write the rules in this town, you know, in my town. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. So binge worthy. Okay. It's a gif. It's a gift. It's yeah. a gift. Yes. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. It is the right. Binge-worthy content versus going viral. Tell us about that. Now, retailers, listen up. Every business, listen up. But I want retailers to start listening. Now. Rich, we're going to start chewing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you know when we're creating content, content marketing is really at the heart of what I teach entrepreneurs and businesses, and and you know I don't work with a ton of retailers like you guys. Like that is really your area of expertise, but retailers included, when we're working on content marketing as the thrust for how we're communicating and driving traffic online, a lot of people are really obsessed with this concept of going viral. Like they want their viral fame and some companies will actually angle for that. They'll actually try to create a video or a meme with the intention of going viral. Almost always this ends in failure, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, we know what you're doing. We can see it. It's obvious. There is a set, there is a little bit of accidental um, like serendipitousness to virality, right? But the real reason why you don't want to chase virality is not because simply it's difficult to chase. It's almost like a, you know, it's like a rainbow chasing the end of a rainbow. But more than that is that when you go viral, when a piece of content goes viral, a video or whatever it might be, typically you're going viral to a huge, you know, a huge audience, which is the draw. Like, oh, wouldn't it be great to get in front of millions of people? But the majority of these millions of people most likely not your ideal client, right? Like they're not your people. So that's number one. So you're getting in front of millions of people, 99% of them DGAF. They don't give a fart, right? So they don't care. Um, And the second thing is um, that you're not parlaying. Typically there's never any setup when you're aiming for virality to parlay that and leverage that into any sort of a meaningful relationship beyond the 15 minutes of fame, right? And when I've seen people go viral and actually make it work for them, it's because they have a body of work to back it up so that when they go viral by happenstance and somebody's like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with you. I want to know more. There's actually something there to binge, right? That's where the binge worthy. So the binge worthy content, the binge worthy relationship is like, it's like you get deep, right? When you're binging something, you're in deep, you're having a meaningful connection, connection, right? right? And if somebody is going deep into your content, they're most likely going to be in your ideal client, you know, fitting your ideal client profile. If you're doing your content, right? That's a whole other story. So, you know, you can make a viral moment work for you, but I think too many people are focused on like the numbers and like the traffic for each individual piece of content they create. When in reality, right. it's like, no, no, no. What you want to be building is a body of work ripe for the binging when your right person finds and stumbles upon you so that they can get into a rabbit hole and fall in love with you. It's like 11 p.m. on a Saturday night and you are asleep, but your ideal client is like getting sold because you have yeah. a body of work to binge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, Rich, that's like you and I talking about, hey, we've been on the Today Show. This is going to be our big break and nothing happens. Or Oprah, nothing happens. But you think right. it's going to be your big deal. You were on Oprah? Unfortunately, we, ha- we have a deep... I was on Oprah. Really? Yes, I have a brother in California. Look at Rich. I have a brother in California <laughs> who at one time was married to a woman who joined a cult called Church Universal and Triumphant. By the way, and you she might bought a, a glass of water and relax. This is a good she thing. bought a $60,000 
bomb shelter. And uh, long story short, they had her, they had this, the daughters of this cult leader on. And so my sister and I, in the 80s, big hair. Let me tell you what, just quick, Jason, you know this. Those shows, Does this video still exist by any chance? Can I? Can pictures I, do. Oh, when okay. When you're, when you're. I'm when, hitting Google as soon as we're done. <laughs> when you're sitting in those chairs, there's a producer laying on the floor at your feet going, Betsy, my sister, Betsy, say something now. And I remember Oprah came up to us and she was really, she was pissed because she lost control the entire show. Long story. Funny story. So, but yes. But anyway, it wasn't your big break is the point. Is I guess. Well, what not my big yes, break. To, yeah. to, Sorry to go down big the rabbit hole, but big hair, not big break. Hey, you wow. know what? I think I got it now. It's resonating to me exactly what you do while you were talking. You know what? I was, I was, I was. My paradigm was, you helped me create the fishing hole that I can't live without every day. I want to go back and fish again and again yeah. and again because I'm a great fisherman, and. That's, I think what it is, is because I've got some places that I won't even tell anybody about. But I mean, it's so special to me. It, I call it the glory hole. And that's where I can really catch them. No, nope. don't, don't, don't call no, it that, No, you don't nope. call it that. Nope. You we're going to have to, we're going to have to. You don't know what you just, we need to edit that out. <laughs> nope, nope. I'm keeping it in. And you know oh what? That's the, God, that's a t-shirt for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm laughing with you. I, I, Rich, Rich, just, Rich. Just stop right now. No, I'm not. I'm keeping it going. This no, I'm is saying excellent. Rich. Rich, stop talking. Oh, yeah. Rich, no, keep going, please. <laughs> Elaborate. It's not, well, the fishing, it's not the fishing hole that you are imagining from your youth. It's something. Well, that, Rachel, you get it, right? You don't, you know. Well, just, we're still thinking about this fishing hole, though, right? We're thinking about the fishing hole. That's right. Yes. I mean, the place that I'm always going to want to go because. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. okay. So I'm gonna pivot, right? Just same <laughs> topic. Better, although I don't know. No holes involved in this okay. analogy, though. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with with Gary V, the entrepreneur? Uh, I I'm so familiar. I I am basically am Gary V. When I say okay. that, I mean I've played him. I mean I played him as the character in my show. <laughs> Like Gary so, yes, V, I know, I know Gary V to me is like the ultimate Instagram content creator. Like, plus he's a New York Jets fan, but like he he that's a guy who's doing content marketing right, right? And it's all about God. I can't even tell you like working in marketing how many times I've worked for someone who's like make me go viral, and I'm just like red flag, see ya, because that's insane. Like to say make me go viral is is insane. But if they just said, make me really good content that people can absorb people and, and, and give us some, some positive energy and like keep the ball rolling, right? Make us stand out over our competition because people want to come and read our stuff. Make us the thought leader was always the term, right? That's okay. Now that now we're talking and that's pretty much what you're saying. Like viral content, if it's just in a vacuum is noise. Right. Well, and just even just aiming to get to for those big numbers, for those explosive, aiming for the explosion, and then what happens next, right? right That's right. what most people are looking at. Well, in, in all things, they're looking for that big surge of money, big surge of revenue, mm -hmm. big surge of traffic. Um, and they're rarely prepared for what happens next, which is why the surge is not, you know, is not useful to them in, mm -hmm. in many cases. Right. So, and yeah. Gary Vee is an interesting case because he is one type of content creation model, right? He is quantity and he's, he, now he is certainly is realistic in how he teaches people, but his approach is all about blast them with quantity. That's one way. Mm -hmm. And now he got, he brings the noise and he, and he kind of just like remixes his content in different ways yes. and just, you know, and, and that in and of itself is really brilliant. But you know, when you create a really strong body of work, I think some people will be really overwhelmed to use Gary Vee as an example because he is he and his team are creating content all day, every day, all the time. And, and supposedly, the word, he and his team all yeah, day. The team. Jason, you just the you team. just did what what makes my head explode when I'm <laughs> okay. talking to somebody and they go, "Hey, do you know such and such speaker who talks about retail?" And I go, "Really." It's like, I'm here. <laughs> well, 
Well, Gary Vee is different. I don't, I don't think, I don't think of it as the same. I think everybody can do something that you bring yourself to it. Like it's not Gary Vee is the way to go. Well, it was, oh, you, I'm sorry. Rachel, you certainly bring yourself to it. So before we talk about awkward marketing, I want to ask you about websites. What do you think right now during COVID that every website ought to do? Like, uh, where are we all, like, like, where are we missing the boat? We know, we, we know where we are. I think, I'll tell you what, but- I'll tell you, I was on, uh, I was just on a website the other day for a travel company. And, um, sometimes people come to me and do, and I do website audits for them where they're like, I need spend an hour on my site and tell me what the opportunities are and the weaknesses are. And so I did this for this travel company and the biggest glaring thing was this travel company almost completely ignored that COVID was even going on. Like almost completely like yeah maybe there was a strip at the top and this happens with a lot of websites they'll have that little strip at the top that's like during yeah. covid we are blah 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 and after a while as a web user you turn your brain off to that you're like scene one scene them all and so you turn it off they're not writing their copy or even structuring site their site in a way especially a company that is like massively affected by coded like to repeat that a little bit we lost you for about 10 seconds uh, there, you know, the big problem with websites right now is that most of them are not written or adapted in a way to address what people are really going through right now. You might slap a strip up at the top of the site, but they're not reshaping their copy and addressing the questions on people's minds. And I go to this travel site and they've got blog posts about like, look at this tour of, uh, you know, this Hyatt in Punta Cana, Mexico. And it's like, the first question I want to know is there. like, can I go to this Hyatt right yeah. now? Why aren't you talking about this? Where can I go? Can I get on a plane? What is the way it is right now? You know, like, why aren't you addressing that? Why are you ignoring that? So I think, yeah, if you're in an industry that's been affected by COVID, you need to talk to people like human beings and acknowledge it and really address the questions that are on their mind. No more yeah. stiff brochure copy. Like this is a time where we're, we're seeing more than ever that brands need to be human. And anybody like, and we actually, because of what we talked, because of the leadership that's happening in this country and the lack of empathy and compassion and leadership, the, the American people at least are craving care and compassion. And so if you can craft your copywriting and your website to show that you really do understand what your audience is going through right now, that is going to go yeah. a long, long way. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's one of the things that Richard and Jason and I talk about all the time is that we're not through this. We're not nearly through this. Make sure that you keep up with what's going on, but let people know that they're going to be safe with you, that you're doing the right thing to take care of them. What? I would really suggest what you were just talking about. I would really suggest anyone that's listening is in, and you're going to get all this information, I'm sure before we're done, but you need to go to the website and be entertained by the characters that are there and how they talk about exactly what you do, what you just said. And uh, I think it would be such a learning experience. What a great, great, great avenue to start to set your mind in a different way. Uh, that's what All I right, did. So let's talk, let's talk about awkward marketing. <laughs> Tell us how you started. It's funny you, that you bring I, this it, up though. Right now it's a good point to bring this up at because I'm talking about bringing compassion and humanity into your website now. And, and then you bring up awkward marketing. And I think what we saw with brands is remember all those commercials that we had and they're still going with the piano music and like, you know, the, the same commercial over and over again, companies got the idea that the only way that they could show empathy, compassion and connection with their audience was to like, get really super sentimental and to use the same script, right? Mm-hmm. We got over it. We're done with it. It doesn't speak to us anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Humor in our branding and marketing, in our copy, in our communication is such, is such an overlooked way that we can make a human connection with our audience and really make an unforgettable impact on them. Now to do humor well in this time, like right now to talk about what's going on, it's challenging. You have to be good at that. You might need some help, right? <laughs> to, to really bring humor into talking about COVID specifically. But in general, I do like the, you know, awkward marketing is a sketch comedy show that has like SNL, you know, style sketches that to explore marketing topics. And part of it, Rich, was for what you just brought up, right? It is because 
humor helps people learn and retain concepts better. It helps us accept new right. ideas. It's non-confrontational because the way I do it is I'm not attacking people. I'm making these right. outlandish, hilarious situations that we all can agree with. Everyone watching my show pretty much can say, yeah, you're right. This thing is a problem or we need to do this differently or, oh yeah, this is a way to look at it. And we can all be on the same team, which is the power of humor. And that's, you know, what I do with the show is, you know, and also because there's plenty of content out there to talk about marketing or to talk about branding. I didn't want to talk about it and describe it. I wanted to become the analogies. I wanted to become the example um, because that's, and that's one key to creating binge-worthy content is to, it's not about what you say, it's how, it's how you say it. You can say the same thing that people have been saying in your industry for a hundred years, but if you say it in a different way or you look, you make them look at it from a different angle, you haven't reinvented anything, but you've, you, you know, you've, you've made a connection with your audience. So, yeah. Cause I mean, everybody thinks that the scent like going, I mean, it's like the Folgers commercial, right? Like all, every Folgers commercial is like the most tug at the heartstrings story concept, someone coming home from war and all they want is a glass is a cup of coffee, right? Like that's the Folgers model. Um, but if I'm like, I don't know, Verizon and I want to humanize myself during COVID and I'm here for you, how do I, how do you do that in a comedian? And obviously like this is hard because it's like <laughs> comedy is hard, but you know, like doing, doing something to humanize COVID in a comedic way. Um, I guess like, what is an example of that? I mean, I think anytime that we can look for shared, I would be, if I was on the team think, and I was charged with, let's come up with a funny commercial during COVID, I would be looking for what are the shared experiences that we're all having right now that regardless of politics or regardless of like where we are on the mask issue or whatever that we can all agree on, right? Mm -hmm. What are those funny scenarios? And I think that that's where I would be starting as a big brand, right? With a big brand like Verizon, if you're going to be creating national commercials, you're really speaking to a big, broad audience, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you might segment that for different, you know, targets or whatever, but I would be looking for those, you know, I think that this is the thing about humor is it's really just observations that we can all agree with. Humor really is somebody being able to articulate and some of, you know, what we all have observed or experienced and never were able to put words to. That is yes. one way that, you know, humor serves us. So right. that's what I would be looking for. What are those shared common experiences? I think if you and I, we all riff together this room here for a little bit about like funny COVID situations, we could find some things that are common ground that we can all be like, ah, ha, ha, that weird thing happens to all of us. That would be the foundation I would start with. Now right. that's not a recipe. Yeah. I wouldn't take that and apply that to every project then. Oh, that's how you bring humor into X because this right. isn't a formulaic thing. It's an art, not a science. You know, that's branding. That's marketing. Yeah. I can't think of a funny commercial right now. Well, it's hard. That's why I was like, you know, you know, you look at like kind natural disasters or things like that, which I guess like COVID kind of is, but in a long sustained process and a sustained process. It's like, God, would I do this for like, I don't know, another natural disaster? I, I don't know. And yeah, I love comedy. I think the only there's commercial a place for comedy in here. There's been people who are doing it deftly, I think. But yeah, mm -hmm. you have to be, you have to be careful but i definitely really good, think if yeah. we were to all the types of things that have happened from being forced to be at home for so long mm -hmm. there's plenty of humor there it's not and it's staying away from all of the touchy subjects right we're the not gonna make stuff. we're not gonna make comedy about hospital about about illness right. about well and actually i'll tell you what it wasn't a brand but the holderness family that were famous for the Christmas jammies video, I believe around like 2015, mm. 16, mm. they continue to make content. They're like a content creator factory. They created a, a funny video about being a hypochondriac. It was, it was <laughs> to the tune of I'm a maniac, but it was hypochondriac. And it was about the experience of <laughs> going out in public and like coming home and then you have a tickle in your throat and now you're on WebMD. Honestly, it was a pretty like kind of tricky territory because it possibly could have been offensive, but they, mm -hmm. Managed but it to for handle them. it. Now, again, this that wasn't like Verizon, though. That was a family brand, right. but it is an example of humor in COVID that I think all of us can be like, oh, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. not mocking death and suffering, but we're all going through this. That's a shared experience we can all laugh about, right? right. And I think... Well, I'm sure I'm sure the monologues and the guys on late night TV, I'm sure they're handling it with humor. I haven't watched oh, it in yeah. a while, but... Oh, yeah. But you, you know they are. Oh, 
and God love them. I feel so bad for them staring into a camera and telling jokes and laughing at their own jokes. Yeah, a good friend of mine is uh, is a producer for The Late Show. And it's that's why like I'm like so wrapped trying to wrap my head around a commercial because their job is like they've been trying to figure out how to make this thing funny for months now. Ever. And it's yeah. tough. I don't know. Like right after 9-11, I remember like everybody was like, when can you be funny again? That was like the big, like the thing with Saturday Night Live and all the late nights. It's like, when can you come back? And this thing is like nine eleven, like every day. (laughs) Do you remember uh, what the headline on the Onion was? The first issue they did right after nine eleven. Because I do. Because I remember. I love the Onion. It It was. I'll censor, but it was. All it was was holy effing shit. Right. And, yeah. and it was, it was humorous and mm-hmm. it was also not right. And they did a really good job. Right. I was, I'll never forget it. Cause I was like, yep, that's basically it. Yeah. It is funny. It was funny. Cause it was like this, it was funny because it's what we're all saying. If, if newspapers were honest, that's what the headline on every freaking newspaper would be. Yeah. Right. Cause we're all like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what Joan Rivers said. And she got, t- she got trashed for it. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're I love her. Earlier day. Huh? It was an earlier yeah. day. You well, know, right atti- now. Attitudes, I guess what I'm hearing you say is attitudes in the marketplace play a great input into what you know you can do or what you know you should do. You know, I think obviously, you know, it's, there's all these marketing touch points. I don't work in advertising, like in terms of like television advertising, I work in, I do work in advertising, digital advertising, but it's a different medium, very different. Right. And I think, but in general, my rule is that human beings in any, in any situation, humor and lightness is a foundational way that we communicate and that we cope Mm -hmm. and that we make sense of things. So it is, so even in just adding some warmth and lightness to the copy on your website and, and acknowledging the humanity of your audience. Humor is often a, a natural fit there. Now, in times of tragedy, no, it's not always time for humor. However, this pandemic is going to last over a year, right? Right. right? So yeah, no, we need humor to survive through this. And it's not making fun of, of COVID, but it's right. finding, no. finding you know, collective moments of joy and of relief. And it's like the release valve on all the pressure and tension that's, re- and, and yes, probably one of the most difficult things that a brand can do is during times like this to, to navigate humor or to navigate messaging at all. But you if can't you can push do it. it well, if you can do it well, right. you're going to, you're, no one's ever going to forget you because I yes. never forgot that headline from the onion. Yeah. I was just going to say as a consumer, if I saw something funny that really resonated, that was like, oh my God. Yeah, that, that's true. That like, that makes sense. And it's You'd not one of those sappy things that I keep seeing. Yes, I would be drawn to that because it, A, it, it would have shown that they thought about it. <laughs> and B, yeah, you know what? We do need to laugh. Like, I keep thinking, why didn't Monopoly or like so the Game of Life, well, maybe not the Game of Life, but like Monopoly do something like, because you need something to do. Like, I feel like if some like of these, some brands that make sense where, yeah, it's not about, the virus but it is about our experience like maybe homeschooling maybe you know those are things that that brands could could do something comical i'm surprised we haven't seen more of that maybe because everyone's afraid well you gotta walk a fine line keep your eyes and ears open because i think we're gonna see as this thing plays out Mm -hmm. more risk taking in that way and Mm -hmm. more humor because it's it's just naturally gonna happen like you know and like you said it's not going anywhere and at this point like you said because we've all become like just over we're done with the piano music and the Mm -hmm. heartfelt and like you know looking at empty like pictures of empty stadiums we're done with that so we're ready actually for humor we're we're actually as like a an audience and a people i think we're ready for humor we're not ready to minimize the seriousness of covid but Mm -hmm. we're ready to laugh while we get through it together you know know how you know how i know you're right Hold on. No. You know how I know you're right? Is when baseball started, you know you can like buy like the cardboard cutouts of of yourself or people we did. to sit in the stands. Did you really do that? Did you do that? My my son bought one for my husband and it is the funniest See? thing you have seen in your life. It, the the picture is it, it's Rob's got this blonde curly hair 
came out of nowhere during COVID and it's really long. It's like rocks. And he put a, John will put a, a Cubs hat. He hates the Cubs, puts a Cubs hat on him. And it's the, See, that's, it's the that's how that proves your seen. point right there. And he there. bought it and he bought it. That proves your yep. point. Yeah. Fun. Yep. It's fun. You know, we're, we're, I think we're all over the Sarah, what's your name? Singing to the dying dog. <laughs> horrible it's horrible but i can't watch those anymore yeah so uh, rachel who's your on the the awkward marketing who's the favorite character you've ever done it's got to be my mom i got to give a shout out to my mom she's my and she's a, a, a fan favorite and she's a personal favorite and she's honestly like natural i've been doing my mom since I was young girl, you know, and I, I, yeah. I'm becoming, I'm, I go into it a little bit. I'll just be talking and I'll just go into it like a normal person. <laughs> there I am. Do 10 seconds. <laughs> well, there I am, Rich. What do you want from me? I'm, I am here and I am on a podcast. <laughs> Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Um, but yeah, no, the, my mom for sure. I've done 158 characters, but. 158 say, characters. Yeah. 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 What Those did you are, hate? I, I loved it. Uh, yesterday, I loved that. I Who did my- you hate doing the most? Um, you know what? When I did my most recent must-see TV series, I did, you mentioned it before, I did The Office, and I did Friends, and I did Seinfeld, and I did Saved by the Bell, and I did Full House. Okay? And, and, and by so- the way, for, for, the, for those of you listening, when Rachel says she does The Office or Saved by the Bell, she does every single character in right. costume. Yeah. So it's and more voice. than SNL because I, these characters are talking to each other and I have to edit it so that they're in conversation. And, you know, it's interesting. You talk about the late night hosts who make jokes to nobody. And that's really what I'm doing with my show is I record it all in batches and I'm alone. And if I'm doing a show where I'm talking to myself, like in a characters, I'm like recording it and I am talking to an empty space and I have to make it look like I'm really looking at them and make it all. So it's always this case of in the moment, it's this leap of faith that you're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to trust in myself and my script and my own creative direction here that this is going to work out in the end and actually be funny. Um, and it's kind of like this weird vacuum that later you get to come back to it and be like, wow, this is really cool. I, I did it. Like, I really did it. Every time I watch my footage when I'm editing it, sometimes months later, because I will, you know, edit shoot it in the advance, I'll be watching it hoping I land the plane. I'm like, God, please. Like, I hope I made the joke. I hope I landed it. <laughs> and I landed. I'm like, Yay. But to answer your question, um, when I was doing all those like impressions of these people that you have a vision of, like, you know what you think Seinfeld looks like or sounds like that, I loved the end product and I was really proud of it, but doing it was horrible because I was trying, like, I'm not an impressionist. I, I shot this all in about, I would say 36 hours. And I did about 32 characters in 36 hours. So I was going from being Ross in Friends and then I'm Dwight in the office and then I'm, you know, DJ and Saved by the Bell. And I was trying to be really close with my, so it was hell to reward that because I was, you know, (laughs) going between them. But, But the truth is I'm really glad I did it. And it was a great creative stretch. And the end result is amazing and it will be for years. And one thing I want to just say before I'm done is to go back to Gary V which even if you don't know who he is, let's just say this, this guy has content coming out his butt 24 hours a day. I want to tell you it doesn't have to be that way. That binge-worthy content, if you're creating really like amazing foundational cornerstone content that people can binge and steep themselves in, if you do it right, you don't need to create insane amounts of content every single day. I create maybe 20 to 25 episodes a year of my show, right? and get massive impact out of those 25 imba- episodes, way more than I would if I tried to fire off one every single day because every I'm day. actually chiseling down high quality content that is going to last and go the distance. That like, if I'm making a video now, I know that video will be good in two or three years. It is, it's yeah. gonna be. So, so you, do all, you yeah. do all of this by yourself. This particular part of my, of my marketing, yes. This is a one woman show. What about like your, Instagram and Facebook and tweets and is that you by yourself? I'm pretty much the driver between behind all the content. But yes, that is the one thing that I do in my company. I'm not saying that's why I would recommend that for other people. No, you know what? <laughs> but people, people will say people will say that to us all the time. You do everything. We don't do half. We don't do characters like you do. We used to. We used to be made up to be different characters, and we'd go out in mystery shop when we were younger. Oh, um, love it. When we were younger, you know, we'd go, we'd shop as 
as rich and poor and nice and not nice. And, and when we were in our thirties and forties, we had, we would get made up as somebody who was in their eighties and with prosthetics and, and we go out at night and shop. And so, but we don't, we don't that do what you do. That's a, yeah. People you say, do a you know, little bit of acting that, though, because you mystery shop funerals, uh, funeral oh, homes. We, that's, we do that all to the me, time. That's like, I couldn't do that. I don't know how you we do that. That, that it's, it's is hard. intense. Oh that's, my God. You guys right? need your that's own reality crazy. show. I need to see this. It's hard. We do need, we do need a reality show. <laughs> um, we spend a lot of time, a lot of time mystery shopping funeral homes, but you know, we work well, a lot in that industry. Now you're going to have to a disguise yourself. Cause I just, I just with lifted that veil. Yeah. We go with ourselves. With one idea. We said, let's do a thank you uh, tour and see how many people say thank you. And I don't know how many stores you went to. Oh my God. I mean, millions, uh, not millions, but obviously a lot of stores. Nobody would say thank you. I mean, here's your purchase. Here's your change. Next. Uh, and I would, I would always think the person who's going to recognize is the store that we go in and I'm being a real ass and they're going to go, Oh, remember when she came to our store, how bad she was, you know, she was acting you moron, but yeah. Um, so, you know what? I, you can get a lot accomplished on your own. And there, I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this who are thinking, I can't even do two tweets a day and one Instagram a week. And, you know, we'll say you have to. So you have the, to. It's okay. So I'm yeah, learning yeah. something right now. I'm learning something right now. And right now, what I've learned from you in just this time, I've learned from you that stories that we do or have done that we popped it out and did nothing else with it. We just popped it out there. It's something we should have run with because we could have made a great content that would last. Because well, we recycle content. You have to recycle. I mean, we yeah. have a blog that we started in 2005 and there's great information on there. I recycled the, the post that's up there today was first up there in 2012. It's about merchandising to the five senses and it's, absolutely important now now that doesn't mean that the 8,000 people saw it in 2012 will remember it or will get additional people that saw it right well it doesn't even matter if you showed it to the same people five times in the next let's say two years that wouldn't be bad because you know first of all you need to hear a concept multiple times to really absorb it the more you hear a concept and are introduced to it the way your like brain chews on the information differently you you come up with different solutions the first time you hear something versus the third you are processing it differently so it's a service to your audience to repeat yourself which is another reason why i say better to create cornerstone content that you can revisit and recycle and find different ways of positioning and getting in front of people than to be like doggedly on the hamster wheel, always trying to invent new ideas. No, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, sure. it, you, it's you don't too, have to it's too much. Staying in your lane. So if I am a business person and I sell computers, should I be going crazy looking for other things to talk about that are relevant in the world? Or should I be talking about things that have to do with what I sell? Like in the speaking industry, they tell you, pick a niche. Yeah. The riches are the And work the hell out of that niche. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. And, and I do agree to that to some degree. Although the, what you choose to talk about with your content, I think people do end up going too narrow in that way. They forget, you know, you really always want to be thinking about your content from the perspective of if you are the answer, what is the question? Right. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about like either how people are going to organically find you or what's going to resonate with people, it's not always going to be about computers themselves, right? Like if you're talking about, I'm a business, I sell computers. I'm not always going to be creating content around just computers themselves because who do I sell computers to and what are they using them for? What is the computers a tool, you know, what are they using that to achieve? Um, probably it's going to be beneficial to me to create content about all of those things. Like if I'm a, you know, I use a computer every day. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a small business owner. Right. Um, and so you're going to want to target me with more than just, you're going to want to speak to me about more than just. How can computer. I help you? How Where can is this what I go? do? Yeah. yeah. How can what I do, what I sell, what, what, how can I help you for the customer? Um, what are you thinking now about everybody on, on Facebook live? Well, it's, you know, 
it's it's it's, it's a saturated place just it's, it's saturated what do you want it takes a lot here's what i was gonna say i started out on facebook live. Awkward, awkward marketing started as a facebook live show i love it it's a okay. great platform it's a great tool to test content before you heavily invest in it it's a great tool to test you know concepts and to test you know different offerings maybe um but i definitely think it takes a lot to grab attention today on facebook live right so yeah. you've got to up your game you've got to you know create a set. I think having a really attractive set, having consistency with your visual branding and really honoring people's time and approaching the show and approaching your time on Facebook live with intention because yeah, it's extremely saturated. It's hard to stand out, but that's, that's it. You know, at the same time, I see a lot of people go and they invest in theories. They're like, I'm going to start a show where I'm going to spend all this money and I'm going to hire a team and I'm going to spend $10,000 on each episode or whatever, you know, and they do that and they don't test the concept and they don't make sure that the content resonates. So in that way, I do, I love tools. I love social media tools to be, I think not enough people use social media as a place to do free market research and free, you know what I'm saying? This is where you're, t- you're, you're yeah. testing land and if something lands like you said earlier rich if something lands like a a, an offhanded story that i do on instagram or a facebook live that i do kind of surprises me well then oh i'm going to invest in this and make this a polished video now that i'm going to invest you know a little bit more time into and that will last for a couple years because a facebook live pretty much is only valuable in the moment or in the in the the week let's say following it five that's it then it's over people don't go back and watch it they don't. It's, work, it's working for retailers in the sense that they're doing daily or twice oh. weekly or weekly shows and they're selling oh, their oh. stuff, kind of QVC. But I haven't I love seen that. it. I, yes. you know, I haven't seen it used that much by other kind of businesses. We'll do them every once in a while. And the ones that take off for us is usually when we're in a store and we're just walking around talking to people and, and commenting on what's happening in the store and look at this and hey, Jason's back. Well, I'm recording, Jason. People want to feel like they're part of something right now. So I I do think that that's right. right. And I think that the more retailers jump into this trend, the more they're going to have to innovate, the more they're going to have to, you know, push themselves to be a little bit more on the top. Like early adopters with that are going to do really well. And they can kind of like be lax about the production quality and maybe even just like the concept behind how they're approaching it. As this picks up, you're, I think that there's going to be a higher stake to it. Another thing I love about Facebook Live and just live in That's general is like it's the same theory behind even if I'm email marketing to you and you, and you put me in your trash, there's still value in that exchange because you've remembered my name. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. with live – that's the thing, like where I see people going live all the time. I never watch anybody's lives, but the people who go live frequently, I'm seeing their name. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, John is going live again. And now I just remembered John and, I, and he's reminded me that he's an expert in his field and he's constantly showing up, you know, and sharing that with people. And that's, there's value to that. Even if I haven't engaged in the content itself, you know. I watch it if it's interesting or I might, if I'm, if I'm looking for clothing or something, I might just stick around and watch that. But if it's just somebody playing a guitar or talking about their kid or what they did for the day, you know, I, I'm not interested in that. And I'm not interested in, in the latest crop. Of, I watch that. You watch that. <laughs> I'm not interested in the latest crop yeah. of marketers who, who all look like they should be on the cover of a magazine and it's all slick and pink and gold. And do you know what I'm talking about? Like rich, when we were, when we first became speakers, everybody wanted to be Zig Ziglar. Everybody except me wanted to be Zig Ziglar. Now everybody wants to be everybody on that I see on social media that seems to be catching attention is a younger woman who has perfectly coiffed hair and makeup and she uses a lot of pink and a lot of gold and a lot of glitter and hire me and I look at her like you're 12 but they're making they're making books so that's, yeah that's, that's certainly the people I see Yeah, I I would say I, one of my most successful pieces of content is a blog I wrote called You Don't Want Marie Forleo's Website, because a lot of women, I would say maybe in the 25 through 45 space, possibly, maybe a little older than that, um, gravitate towards that brand. And they, and I have had hundreds of people come to me over the years saying they want to copy that brand. Like they want, and you know, 
whatever, whoever is the icon of the day, the message That's is always the same. Be. Like, yeah, you want to copy them, but what, but even if I were to, whether it's Zig Ziglar or Marie Forleo or Gary V, I could dress you in Gary V's clothes. I could make you look and sound exactly like Marie Forleo or Zig Ziglar. You could do the exact same thing, have the exact same message, offerings, everything, and not make a dime. And not succeed. Right. right? And not succeed. It's not that. It's about, it's, it's, it's. You got to be you. It's an art, not a science. You got to be you. So when you work with a client, is that what you do? Would you start and say, what's your differentiation factor here? What is it about you? Otherwise, you, you don't know where to, no one knows where to go. That's exactly right? what we do. We, and, and the reason people hire us is because they don't know how to find the answer to that on their own, right? Like they need help. So yes, we always start before we move into branding and your marketing plan and your website. It's always coming from a place of, first of all, where's your business going? Who are you serving? Where are we headed? What is your business trying to do in the world, right? And, and I say that very intentionally because it's more than what, what widget do you provide or what are you mm-hmm. sh- like schlepping, right? It's about what, how are you making the world better? Because those are the types of brands I work with, right? When, and everything comes from the answers to those questions, right? Everything when, comes from that. Everything when, else. When we, go into and you know, store, when we go into a store, the question that I always love to ask that puts everybody on the spot is this one. Why should I do business with you? Hmm. And then I just shut up and listen to what they say. My God. You know, some of the answers we get would drive you crazy. Well, we're really, look, we're, we're clean and we love our customers. Everybody does that. Tell me something, right? right? Tell me why you're unique. Yeah, okay. But that's what you we're do. Clean. And, and you that's pl- what I help people define because it's really hard for business owners to articulate that. And most business owners didn't go into business defining it the way that we have to with branding. Like they don't know how to right. put that in words that way. So that's kind of my job, uh, you know, what I would say, that's one of the questions that we say that a website needs to answer. A website needs to answer five questions. Who, what, why, wow, and how? Who do you serve? What problem do you solve? Or aspirational state, do you help them achieve? Why are you the best person or best company for the job? That's the question you just asked. Like, why you, right? Why are you, the, your yeah. website needs to answer that. Why are you the best person for the job? And then of course, what's the wow result you deliver? And how do I get started? Those are the five you know, questions. Oh, yeah. What's really interesting about that is that I could do that for you. I could do that for Jason. I can't do that for us. It's well, like you get this, right. no, you get true. this wall, you get this wall mm-hmm. with your own business. Oh yeah. And you can't, Very you hard. can't do it yourself. That's why you need companies like Rachel's to help yeah. you through with it. Yeah. And I'm doing it myself right now. Know that. I'm you branding are? right now. I'm rebranding right now. And I've got experts helping me. I mean, this is, this is what we do. And it's, yeah, it's, but I hired people to help me, but it's, and it's hard, man. It is very, very difficult work. And so, yeah, that's why you need a third party. You need somebody else to look in. You need to compliment yourself and we are not good at complimenting ourselves. People just generally, right? Like the job interview. It's always uncomfortable to talk about yourself. Oh, maybe Rich (laughs) is different. I don't know. Maybe Rich Rich is great at it. (laughs) I've been outstanding on this interview. So, I mean, you know, what do you want? (laughs) I got some really great sound bites. I hope they make it. Yeah, you got one great sound bite. We hope it doesn't. Sorry, I dropped out there for a minute. All the the trees in my yard are now this way. Is that that bad? Yeah, it's bad. No, now they're just have, now they're just like this. <laughs> now, do you typically get tornadoes in in New Jersey? I don't remember growing up there. Tornadoes. Well, not not really. I mean, every now and then you get a stray tornado, but like not. It's not usual. We're not like Norman, Oklahoma. We're uh, Our, we're not uh, used to we it. Moved, when we moved from Jersey to Illinois, <laughs> both that out of the air. Does Norman get a lot of tornadoes? Sorry about that, no, Norman. That's, that's Love tor- Oklahoma, that's, that's but tornado, tornado alley. <laughs> that's where the that's where the yeah that's tornado where the tornado. Um, yeah. Have you not ridden? The, now there's some the, probably the some poor person. At Universal. There's probably some poor person just put an offer in on a house in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> He's listening to this and, and saying, then they heard me yeah. call it off. I'm a big Sooner fan, so it's not nothing against Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. One of my best friends literally just moved to Norman, Oklahoma, like a week ago. (laughs) And now I'm like, no! The National Weather Service, the tornado, um, it's in Norman, Oklahoma. 
uh, where about they them monitor after? all the tornadoes. <laughs> when, we, when we moved from New Jersey to Illinois, my parents built our house, and they literally put a tornado shelter in it. It was like it was like Narnia, man. You'd go through the coats into the tornado shelter at the back of the closet, and it was fully stocked. And because Crystal Lake, Illinois, had wow. lost a a shopping center two years before we moved here, <laughs> you gotta have it. Gotta have the place to go. Rachel, what, as we wrap this up, what else? Do, what else do you want people to know? You know what? I mean, I think uh, this. We're in a great reset right now when it comes to branding and marketing. A lot of things are changing. And so it's a time to start writing your own rules. And I, I think that's exciting, right? Like there's some opportunities to try new things, to be inventive and to just, because people are searching for meaning and connection. They're looking for something to catch their eye. Now is the time to try that new idea, right? Like to try that thing, to try something totally wild and wacky off the wall. If there was a year to do it, this is the year, you know? Yeah. yeah. So go for it. This is the year to do it. This is like the asterisk, asterisk year. <laughs> no, right? I like this that. Is like, no, I do. I like, like that. No, I absolutely you. agree. This is like the thank free you, zone. Thank you, 2020. Mm -hmm. What else can this you is. throw at us? Right. So like have some fun. Zone. Like a free zone. No excuses. It's not going to be wrong. You're going to be learning, and you might hit a home run. Yeah. All bets are off. Exactly. Or you might get die. Out, get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> and, and on that note, I'm headed uh, to buy my Mega Millions lottery ticket. <laughs> Um, and, uh, hopefully, um, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the storm. Who knows? Maybe insurance adjusters will be nice to me and I'll get a new upstairs <laughs> depending on how my trees sway. So anyway, oh my God. Rachel, That's thank bad. you so much for being on and, and just hanging out with us <laughs> and telling, giving us all this information. I mean, it was a huge education for me. Um, sorry, I, I dropped out there for a minute, but um, I decided my background was going to represent where I wish I was at this point. <laughs> and, uh, and for those of you who can't see it, it's the beach. Um, it's been another great episode. Uh, join us again when we do this in uh, another two weeks. Um, I have no idea if we're going to have a guest on that episode. Rich, you have something to say in the middle of me drop uh, of me ending the podcast as usual well, my, my well, endings no. are interrupted no no yeah. i just i just want to make sure that you have an opportunity to give contact information before yes. we get off we will yes we're let's gonna do it, that let's do the plug right on the, let's do the plug right okay. now rachel tell us your web addresses uh you can find me at awkwardmarketing.tv or at rkainc.com, which is R-K-A-I-N-K.com. Come on down. <laughs> you might win the you door need, prize. You need to go there and, and make sure that you, when you go to her website that you have some time because you are going to spiral through and you're not going to be able to turn off, and it's going to be fun. Call so. Jimmy John's, order a sandwich and a Coke. And then put your computer on and sit back and have a wonderful lunch and you'll laugh like crazy. That is it. There you go. I'm, I'm going to go that. watch the Saved by the Bell episode. I'm, it's okay. So can I guess? Because I have not seen it. But yeah. can I guess which episode? Sure. Okay. I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to I know it. I'm going to get it. Okay. Can Is it the, I'm so excited. Yeah. Got it. Nailed, <laughs> Nailed it. it. Yep. You got it. Go check <laughs> okay, it out. And, and, for, and for Seinfeld, can I guess? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. It's, it's the contest. Nope. Oh. oh, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry. We do okay. put the content. Well, it's a mashup. So, yes. That's Jason, you Christmas win. Christmas card contest yes. and something yeah. else, probably. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's season Give me the four Theranos of Seinfeld voice. for those of you. Give me the Theranos voice. I want to thank was... you for. I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you. I really don't. For being here today. <laughs> I am Elizabeth. We, we hope to build a world where all people can. I think that's, that's my Elizabeth Holmes voice. Take it or leave it. You nailed her. Awesome. Really, she really sounds like Minnie Mouse. Okay, Jason, bring it home. All right. That was fun. I'm, I, I, Rich was, I think, saying that if this was a game, like if I could get money for guessing episodes, I think that's where he was going. It's 2020. Going to see if anything sticks. <laughs> well, maybe we have something here uh i actually did the episode of the contest uh in college when i was learning uh how to audio edit 
So like you did it. Who like knows? You participated. I did. Yeah, I did an entire. Jerry. <laughs> But, uh, but so okay, because you know where you know where you know where my head went. So <laughs> what? Where'd your head go? Me, <laughs> when I asked if you participated, you go, "Well, yes, I did." Oh God! I'm Just missing keep going. it. Yeah, I'm missing Just it. Think about that, that think about what the flat on me. think about what I'm the sorry. I go. <laughs> I just don't want to bring up Rich's hole again. <laughs> the I don't know pool. what. I, 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 I'm sure the minute this is over, Georgianne will be in my office yes. and educating me about what buffoon I must I was going to say, for all of you comedy newbies, that is what we call a callback in the industry. Well done. Well played. That's, thank you. Brilliantly I, I have some done. Training, some training <laughs> in that episode. Thank you. Thank you for... For that what's a call and, and it's it's a call Never back. Mind. it's you work that into your set it's it's really good it always goes over well gives you the big laugh and then you walk right off you do the uh you do the costanza out of the room and then you're you're good all right anybody anyway uh sorry i'm just watching this storm destroy my house now you just just podcast. make a glory hole joke okay. and cut and that's it yes exactly okay well oh that's a call thank back. you thank you for your hole and thank you for listening. This has been another fun episode of the uh, Retail great, Adventures great podcast. You can find more about the Retail Adventures <laughs> on retailadventuresblog.com, kaiserandbender.com. You can find us on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, Deezer, and a bunch of other places that you download podcasts. And we're there we've never because heard I of did it. And then I forgot <laughs> where we were. So just find us. Uh, and and thank you again for listening. We really appreciate all the uh, all the listeners that we have. Send in your questions that you might have for us because I think on one of our next episodes we're going to be doing this live. We're going to answer questions, but we like to have the preloaded questions because you know that makes for better television. Anyway, it's been great. We'll catch thank you next you, time. Thanks thank a lot. Thank, thank you, Rachel, Rachel. K. Thank Albert. You Bye, everybody. Number one.